Welcome to the Agree to Disagree show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 45 of the Agree to Disagree podcast show. Um, I hope you're all doing well. Agree to Disagree show where we discuss politics, current events, and everything under the sun. And today's guest is a uh, an interesting one for me. Uh, as, I, as I had told you that, um, as I had mentioned in previous podcasts, I wanted to diversify my guests um lately and uh something that that's very important to me and i came across uh siobhan on um on social media and it was great i'm really happy because this is something that's very important and uh, for me to discuss and and i'm i'm hoping that our viewers and our listeners take away from this uh, session today so um without further ado i'd like to uh, introduce my guest today siobhan davies is a marital strategist coach trainer and transformational speaker. Uh, she inspires individuals and supports them with identifying and breaking through their limiting belief patterns. So without further ado, let's welcome Siobhan to the show. Hello, Siobhan. Hey, Luigi. How you doing? I'm Thanks doing for having me today. Great. Oh, thank you for doing this. <laughs> How are you? I am great. I'm excited to be here today to be able to impart and to learn some new things. I love it. I love it. Don't we ever, that's funny you say that. Don't we ever stop learning? Absolutely not. The day we stop learning, the day we stop moving, the day we stop growing. That's that's totally true. So as I mentioned, Shavana, the, the reason why I'm, first of all, thank you so much for doing the show. Um, and I'm so happy to have you because I've been meaning to discuss this matter um, with everything that's going on in the world. And I've, I've, started to appreciate a lot more not that i never did but starting to appreciate a lot more the the relationship that i have with my spouse with my wife and yeah. just the way she's been so supportive through this covid that we've all been living through the 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 ups and downs of having children and by the way we've been married for 16 years and been together mm -hmm. for 21 years almost 22 um, so I wanted someone, what I wanted to do is I wanted to give back and, and try to help those people that are possibly watching or listening to the podcast, help them uh, navigate what I think is the most difficult thing that you'll ever have to, to navigate in your life is a relationship with another, <laughs> with another human being, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Absolutely. You never told a lie about that. <laughs> so first of all, <laughs> before we get started, I'd love to, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get, well, yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am, like you said, a coach, a transformational speaker and a facilitator. And I enjoy, I live for helping people transform their mindsets in order to become one better versions of themselves, but also so that we can be able to create healthy relationships, right? If you, if you yeah. are in a healthy relationship, we have better communities, society changes when we are healthy um, and whole. As individuals, we are able to translate that into our interactions. So I enjoy working with couples, married couples especially, because you know you go from these are my vows, I'm going to love you forever, to the honeymoon, it's so good, and then what the hell are we doing here? Yeah. So in between the vows and the what the hell are we doing here, <laughs> I provide <laughs> I provide couples with tools to be able to um, uphold their vows, to be able to understand how to shift with their partner as, as we evolve, as we move, and how to not just coexist, but how to co-create marriage. Because I do believe that marriage, marriage takes partnership and partnership takes co-creation. Oh my God. I love, okay, hold on. There's so much there already as a, <laughs> as a first introduction. I, it's so much to dissect there, but I, one thing in particular, what I loved you said was that I believe in order to help the macro society, mm -hmm. 
that yes. you need to be good on a micro level Absolutely. individually and of course as a couple because mm-hmm. then what that does is it affects your children and i see that yes. right away and then those children we release them out into society right so, yeah so i love that you said that so uh and it's so true i could not agree with you anymore because i think we each individually have our responsibility to contribute human beings and individuals into the society that is is going to play a part and and as a whole help society as a macro exactly exactly so what led you i'd love to know it's the question i always ask is what <laughs> led you to this path what how did you find your calling how did you, what led you there that's i'm always interested i know it's a it's an open question but I, it's always something i love to know mhm So I think honestly the honest answer to that would be um pretty much like the way I grew up, right? So I did not grow up in a home with my mom and my dad together. I understand the um the effects that that had on me. I didn't understand it as a child, but as I moved into adulthood, I understood that if if I I grew up in a space where I was nurtured by both parents what it could have afforded me right because if yes. we be honest there's some things that your wife are going to be able to teach your children and there's some things that you are going to be able to teach your children there's some things that you guys will be able to teach them together but the presence of a mother and a father are imperative to the development of a of a child right yes so i would say as i understood a lot of why i did things and i just always had a love for human behavior i I'm, i'm very curious i just want to know why we do what we do why we do yeah but as i transitioned before marriage so like even throughout my friendships like i was shut down i didn't know how to communicate things um i lost a lot of friendships and relationships because of my lack or, or capacity to be able to express myself or to be able to speak up when things weren't right. So I understood that it has to be the way that we are um are nurtured as children that affects the way that we interact with life. Our relationship with other people, our relationship with our spouse, our relationship with money, our relationship with confidence. Everything is a relationship, right? Yes. So in understanding that I wanted to be able to not grow up and just woe is me I'm a victim because my mother and my father were not in the same house but I wanted to understand how I can give back. So to be quite honest with you I started this work in the school system providing social emotional learning for children. But what I understood was that the children were becoming whole but the parents were still broken. And if we have the children doing the work but the parents aren't getting the work the work that the kids were doing became counterproductive at that time or it was just harder for them to create a resilience around um adversity because they were getting the tools but their parents didn't didn't understand so sure. in that i realized like in order to have healthy children you have to have a healthy role model and this is how i transitioned into this work i i i once again uh love what you said and why you were at that path and and I could totally um relate to that I I grew up in a, a very loving uh, and warm household where mm-hmm. I saw how much my father it was still very traditional I mean we were my parents were Italian immigrants and came to Canada um in their 20s yeah and uh but i always saw it was very traditional household that where my father was the bread earner and my mom was home and took care of me and my four sisters mm-hmm. but i always saw and this is the example that i saw growing up is how much my father loved cherished yes. mm-hmm. respected my mother absolutely and he knew she was the boss <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's it that's marriage right there <laughs> yeah so so that's exactly right so I had that as a an example of how to treat my spouse and my wife, the mother of my children, and their my boys now are going to see how I treat my 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 wife. So exactly. I could see you see the pattern and you're totally right, right? You could do all this work with the children, but if the parents are not whole, then you've pretty much done that work for nothing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. uh I could see totally the importance of that and I see other friends or colleagues or that don't have that didn't have that positive uh, relationship to use as an example and later on as adults have difficulty uh equating what is a healthy relationship yes 
Yes, but that's it. Exactly what you said. What your father and your mother showed you, that's legacy. Because then you are now able to use that with your wife. And now your children are able to see that. That's how we change the system. That's how we change society. By children having a healthy picture to look at. It doesn't mean that they'll get older, right? And have the same marriage that you and your wife have. As For I'm sure. sure that you and your wife do not have the same marriage as you saw with your mom and dad. Mm -hmm. But there is there's specific tools that they'll understand because they're seeing it lived out. And when I say, when people are like, oh, why are you so passionate about this work? This work for me is about legacy. When my daughters grow up, when my son is older, he needs to choose a wife. I want to make sure that she's coming from a healthy household. So this is my way to be able to contribute to the space of what my children are going to inherit. Because it's not just about money. It's not just about leaving them a life insurance policy that they can cash out. It's not just about leaving them a house. Because if they're unstable in their thinking, they won't know how to handle it anyway. So Absolutely. this is legacy building work. I 100% I agree with you because uh, being being a father of a 12 and 8-year-old boys, I see the importance. I see how they look at me, Siobhan. I see how they analyze everything I say and do. I see, yes. how, I, I see how they analyze the way I treat and speak to my wife. They look and like sponges and take everything in. And yep. I think parents do underestimate, underestimate, how much of that will have an impact on them the rest of their life? And I, you know, I find myself subconsciously, I'm like, oh, Luigi, calm down. Hold on. The boys are right here. They're looking at it. Calm mm -hmm. on. You had a bad yes. day. Do not take it out on your wife. She, it, this, okay, just walk away. Calm down because they're watching because you have a Absolutely. role to play as a parent and especially yes. as a man because I don't want my boys to grow up. I grew up with four sisters and now I have a wife. And, and they need to, to grow up respecting women and respecting themselves, of course. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, just absolutely, uh, absolutely uh, agree with everything that you've said. So I'd love to know, Siobhan, what is the, the difference or the, uh, between your, um, your different hats that you wear in terms of marital strategist, coach, trainer, and transformational speaker? <laughs> let's, let's start off with that. Okay, so they all, as you know, is just like having one body and then we have members of, of our body, right? Mm -hmm. So as a marriage strategist, and I specifically work with married millennials um, who are Christian-based, right? All my okay. work is done through, based on biblical principles. So as a strategist, I help couples strategize um, and create, develop winning strategies for their specific marriage. Because we know marriage, no two marriages are alike. It's like, building your own home from the ground up, mm -hmm. understanding what, what you need, what's going to help me thrive is not, is not what's going to help you thrive. So I help couples get very clear on one, their vision for their marriage, what that gets to look like, and then how to create a plan to support um, their communication, their finances, their um, understanding who they are as individuals, how to bring that into a space of collaboration, right? So that's what I do as a marriage strategist. As a coach, just like a, a coach in a natural in a, on a basketball field, right? You understand the talent that's there, and then you learn how to, how to get a player to harness it. Okay. So in coaching, I might end up working with marriages who aren't struggling as, as much as um, other marriages who need help, like with every single detail. So what I do as a coach is I, I show them how to harness what's working already to continue to develop the skills that's already there because I have a very clear understanding that some people have the tools, just like a basketball player, they can have the, the talent, but how do you get them to work with the tools that they already have? And a lot of people think in my coaching role, I get people to see, they think that it's our differences that separate us. As a coach, I teach them that, no, it's the fact that it's your similarities that you guys are allowing to separate you. So now how do we harness who you are as a wife, who you are as a, as a husband and get to win, create a win-win in your marriage as a trainer. Um, that's when I'm in my workshop role. So I actually workshop um, what's needed in relationships that can look like communication workshops that can look like um, parenting workshops that can look like how to collaborate. So that's my role as a trainer. 
And as a transformational speaker, it will fall under all of those things. When I'm just like on a speaking platform, mm-hmm. I'm not there to inspire. I'm not there to motivate. I'm there to get you to understand how you can have access to literally transforming your thinking to transform your mind. Okay. I'd, I'd love to know, I delve in a little bit in, in, in detail in terms of how you've based your, uh, your work around Christian principles and what would be the difference between that approach and just a traditional approach in terms of a marriage strategist? Um, and, and why? Why I, I, I would assume that you are a religious person. I'd love to know what is the difference? What does that mean that it's based on Christian principles? Okay, so what that means, and let me let me just make this very clear for the listeners. Sure. Basing it on Christian principles. Yes, I am a Christian. I do believe in Jesus Christ. And I work with couples who are trying to create a marriage where Christ is the center of their marriage. How this gets to look is that you create your marriage from a biblical standard. So what does Christianity, well, not even Christianity, what does the Bible say about the role of a husband? What does the Bible say about the role of a wife? What does the Bible say about management? What does the Bible say about walking in love, how to embody it in a way that is conducive to serving in a, in a Christ centered marriage spouses understand that they got married to serve. That means I did not get married to be happy. Happiness is a byproduct of how I show up in my marriage. It's what I cultivate. And the difference is typically in working with couples who are, um, in a secular marriage, I would call it, right? Mm-hmm. They got married for me. What can I get versus what can I give? What can you give me versus how can I serve you? The minute I'm not happy anymore, I need to look somewhere else. So I think that when it comes to um, building your marriage on biblical on biblical um, principles, you have an understanding of the role of how Christ served the world, and that's how you get to serve your marriage. And then when you're living in the space of secular, you want to know how you can be served. I love so the that's concept. the distinction yeah. in that. I love the concept of how you just broke that down in terms of being in a marriage to serve each other. Uh, yes. And then, of course, the byproduct automatically of that will be happiness, happy children, happy couple, happy individuals. Right. So, so unfortunately, I'd love to ask you this is why is your work so needed today, Siobhan? Why is it so easy? <laughs> and I know it's I just I'm ready to answer this. Yeah. One. <laughs> why is it so, Siobhan? I mean, we all know, I mean, the, the proverbial divorce rates and. So mm-hmm. what happened in society, Siobhan, that why is it so, and I'm not, listen, I'm not saying I have a perfect marriage. I don't think anybody does, but you know what? I could tell you, Siobhan, we've really worked at it. Okay. Yes. There's been peaks and valleys, ups and downs, and we've worked through it. We've supported each other. Never once did I say or think, Siobhan, let me walk away from this. Never. I'm like, right. no, I, I made a promise to her. I made a promise in front of God in the church because as you I am, I am a religious man. I'm a Christian as well. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight tooth and nail for this relationship. So why, why is it so easy? Has it been in society for couples to walk away from that promise? What changed in our values and our belief systems? Mm, that's it right there. What has changed? And this is something when people, especially in... The African-American community, something that you will hear a lot is my grandmother stayed, my, my grandfather stayed together. You, you hear about people that have been married 70, 80 years. I'm just trying to get to the next 70 minutes, <laughs> if I could be honest, right? But what has shifted from then and now, especially with millennials, and this is why I, I really enjoy working with millennials, because we're caught between where we're going and where we came from. Mm-hmm. And we're really trying to get an understanding of what that means for us, right? So culture has shifted to the space. We are living in a me-driven culture where happiness is dangled in front of our face everywhere. It's in ads when you get on Facebook. It's on ads when you get on, on Instagram, It's on every billboard that you think about. You want to be happy. You want to be happy. You want to be happy. But there's not a space 
that's saying you need to create your happy. So either one or two things happen. I go with the culture that has so much, and, and this is another thing that has so has so many different things competing for my attention, right? Now, something that we have social media. There's yeah. so many things calling for our attention. If we're not careful, if we are not intentional about building marriage, we fall prey to the things that's, that's looking to devour us, right? But back to my initial statement with what I was saying about happy, we have this idea that somebody has to make us happy. <laughs> so if I go into marriage with the ideology that this person is going to make me happy, one, I already done created an altar out of them and made them my God. That's just a conversation for a whole nother podcast, right? Sure. And we will. <laughs> But I now become dependent on that. I'm now in a dis <laughs> disempowered relationship. Whereas all that I'm looking to do is predicated on you being the thing that I need to thrive. In a moment, I feel like you're not doing that. The expectation is I need to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So with us competing for um, our spouse to be our everything, we lose the greater picture. I, I yeah, the, the, I could see how that is is so um, is so easy to do to lose your way within yourself, and also I think maybe I'll I'll, I'll answer partially that question and see if you agree with me on this. Is in this day and age of instant gratification? Oh my God, it's so good today. Uh, my husband and I were doing so well. Oh, hold on. It's not going so well. Literally a day or a week after. Oh, okay. Let's yes. forget it. Right. Absolutely. Oh, here's a 30 second clip. Oh, this was so great. It was so entertaining. Oh, this is a 30 second or 30 day relationship. It's so great and entertaining. Hold on. It's not going good after a month. Oh, okay. It's yes. Probably gonna be like this. So that I believe that social media, like you said before, has has basically bled into our relationships mm -hmm. seeing that oh i can't have an off day i cannot be not happy for come on luigi an <laughs> and it's just highlighted reels it's just yeah. highlighted reels of people life that we see and it's fake siobhan that's the yes. problem and and so yes. so how do we see how do we break down the difference between reality and what the reality of a uh, okay, make believe reality on, on social media. What we see on oh, my husband and I are doing so well. Everything's great. We're rich. Our kids are beautiful, are intelligent, and we're so healthy. Between what is reality and the struggles of every day of, of raising a family and being in a relationship, how do we separate that too? Absolutely. And I think that's such a great question because a lot of what we see on social media are just clips of a person's life. People are not posting their failures. People are not posting the argument that they had last night. People are not posting, um, I'm not getting along with my in-laws. People are not posting the reality of how do you get, how do you create a distinction? I always tell people, you have to create a filter for your life. Whereas you are not basing the vision for your marriage on what you saw on social media. Mm -hmm. You have to go to God and get clear. What is it that you need us to do? And you got to start to purge. Purge the things that you're watching. Purge the amount of time that you are spending on social media. And a lot of that, Luigi, if we're being honest, comes from our self-confidence. Yes. Because the minute that I start to doubt, I'm looking to compare. I'm looking to compare. Well, why they have this and I don't have that? It's, it's crazy. I spoke to a client yesterday, her and her husband. And she was saying, I just see so many marriages thriving and I feel like ours is not. And I said, what is that? <laughs> what marriage do you see thriving? Who did you sit down and interview? Because if you speak to half of the people that you see thriving, they're going to tell you that it takes work. Not that it took work because work is not an event. That it <laughs> takes you to show up consistently and create that. So while you're busy scrolling, the time that we're taking to scroll through everybody, everybody else's life on Instagram. Our marriages are starting to dwindle. Yeah. So you have to get clear. And when you and when you get to understand, even when you look at social media, Luigi, and it is sometimes it just crawls my skin. <laughs> you see the filters that are being used. Yeah. So you're telling me you're gonna take advice from somebody that can't even post a natural picture of themselves without putting a filter on it. And we try to create our marriages from a filtered lens. 
that's not going to matter in the next 50 seconds because, you know, we post it on social media like this. Yeah. Here in gone tomorrow and not even tomorrow <laughs> within seconds. Could, could right. you imagine? Could you imagine, Siobhan, if we as a society put the same amount of time and effort in scrolling? I don't know how many different platforms on social media that we Come take that on. same energy and time and put it in our relationship, even yeah. a, frac- a, a fraction of it. It only takes 30 minutes a day. Statistics prove that if you spend 30 minutes of uninterrupted time a day, quality time with your spouse, without devices, without your children, without watching TV and just really being able to talk and connect to each other, 30 minutes a day keeps a divorce away. Literally. <laughs> I love that. We don't need the because Apple anymore, get, right? Yeah, yeah, right. You don't because it's just a space of authentic connection. We're forgetting to be friends. We're forgetting to love each other. We're forgetting to, to just be the back to basics. Yeah. You know, when you first met your wife, there was nothing she can do. You wanted to be in her face every day, all day. Me and my husband, when we met, we would text or be on the phone until we fell asleep. Mm-hmm. We have to remember the things that, that we did before we became married. And it's literally only 30 minutes. If you don't have 30 minutes to invest in a marriage, you should not be married. But I could see how, you know, some people are going to say, Siobhan, 30 minutes. But I say, you know what, guys, let me give you an example. Just this morning, about an hour and a half ago, my wife leaves. She works in a school, so she left. But for whatever reason, we found ourselves five, ten minutes at the table. The kids were just doing something else. They were already ready for school. Mm-hmm. And it was just me and her having a coffee and chatting about our evening last night because I had a work event. And she she had a friend over. And it was just it was just so nice to start off the day like that. It's just me and her exactly and a coffee. So that that's just 10 minutes. That's it. But yes. you know what? That set my Whoa. my clock for the rest of the day. Right. It, it set right. me up. I'm like, okay. And it it was just so nice. I can't explain it. I don't know why. It was just it was just so nice. It was no you know why? Rushing because the power, yeah. right? The power of connection. Connection is the currency of love. Connection is the currency of love. And even when you look at that from a biblical standpoint, the word of God says that you will, when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. That's connection. Spending time in, in, in God's presence. That's connection. Spending time with your spouse. That's connection. And that is the currency of what love is. That's what keeps us going. And I tell, um, I tell couples all the time, if you are living in a marriage, if you are thriving in a marriage that's connected, <clears throat> when a valley seasons come, it's not that they're easier to get through, but you're sure to get through it because you already have that foundation. Yeah. Unshakable, unmovable, because that connection is there. Once you lose that peace and you become disconnected and you guys don't even remember the last time you really sat together. And this is not me saying that you have to date outside of the home. No. To have this. I'm talking about like what you just said. Over a cup of coffee. Yep. It's so practical and we make it so hard and it doesn't have to be. I think we put our. Yeah, you're right. I think we put our own <laughs> obstacles off. We have no time. The kids and it, you just said it. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be outside. It's okay. The kids are maybe busy tonight. Let's just order sushi and just talk and watch a movie or yes. talk. And, and that's it. And just be together and enjoy our company. But let me go back to something that, that, that you said before, Siobhan. Could you, could you imagine if we would really air our dirty laundry on social media? Like, for example, what I love is it, it, what you said is that we never, we never talk about our failures. Because mm-hmm. I know that I've had them and it's made me to the man that I am today and I've right. learned from them. But could you imagine if everybody would go on social media and say, like you said, oh, I had a fight with my mother-in-law. Oh, I had a fight with my wife or, or husband. Could you imagine if the roles were reversed and that would happen? How Could you could you even phantom a world like that? Or I can. It- I, I actually can. And I think it will require us to walk in authenticity with some discretion, right? <clears throat> Because you obviously don't want to put everything out there. But when we're willing to um, show that we are human, because that's that's all that that would be. That would show that we are human and that we are flawed. And I think that if we saw more of that, if we heard more of that, when I go live, when I'm on Instagram or when I'm on Facebook or I'm live or I'm hosting something on Zoom, I'm speaking about the things that's happening. 
I'm telling you, like mm. right now, I'm I'm trying to push through this for you guys because me and my husband just got into it. It really doesn't feel good. This is what happened, but I want you guys to know that you can bounce back. It shows that it's not just a fairy tale that we grew up seeing on TV. It shows that everything is not going to be a rainbow road, but that we are actually human. And I think that that is one of the biggest um, mistakes that we make in marriage is not wanting to show our flaws with yeah. the understanding that our flaws is what, keep us, is what keeps us humble. I need to know that you're a human being and that you mess up. And because social media does not show that when someone messes up in a marriage, it's such a detriment. Because, like, what are you doing? You're not supposed to mess up. You're not supposed to make a mistake. You're supposed to be perfect. How dare you? How can this be? How? Oh, no, the whole marriage is about to fall apart now because we are jaded by the lights. Yeah. We're jaded by the lights. I, 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 I could admit... Um, that I was I was guilty of that at the beginning, trying to be mm -hmm. perfect, and then only once I, I I I literally, and even though she knew my wife is that I could admit to myself, you know what, I'm not perfect. I can't live up to yeah. this. I've made mistakes. I screwed up, and it's a normal part of evolution. It's a normal part of becoming mm -hmm. uh, a, an adolescent to a teenager to an adult, and and now being 46 years old, and I've looked at all those mistakes, and I'm and I look back and I'm like. I'm so happy I made them I'm yes. so happy because th th what kills a human and could kill probably, of course, in, in, in directly in a relationship is having to live up to that unrealistic goal that you put on yourself. Yes, yes, so, yes. It will I, drive you to the brinks of depression when yeah. we live in this space where everything is supposed to be perfect. And that's why when you ask why I do this work. There's a lot of things that have to be uprooted from our childhood in order to be that. If you think about, I'm very careful now the way I speak to my children. Mm -hmm. And while I understand my mother and my family did the best of what they could, what they had available to them, because we got access to things that they just didn't have access to. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, even from with your children, when they mess up, how are you, how are you treating their failures? Yes. How are you, how are you treating the, the cup of milk that they just spilled? Because those things shape the reality and cause us to feel like we have to be perfect. When my spouse and I will argue, Luigi, <laughs> and I'm so I'm so happy to be able to say this now. I could not see my hand in it. I'm like, no, okay, that's how I made you feel. Well, you just felt like that because that's how you interpret it. Because to me, admitting that I messed up meant that I was less than perfect. And it meant that I was undeserving of a thing. And this is why I say it's it's in the hardwiring in a way that millennials specifically was raised is that we couldn't mess up. We had to be seen and not yeah. heard. If you did mess up, you get in trouble. It's a punishment. It's 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 a physical beating. It's it's those things that now have us in this space of what we're talking about with culture. Why I have to show you the highlighted reels, because if I show you a mistake, it means that I'm less than. And what we don't understand is that it's in the failure. That's where the success is. Every time we fall and get back up. True. Absolutely. It's it's the way, it's the way you it's the way and if you get back up and, yeah. and use that not to your detriment, but to add it to another pillar of experience in your life. Mm -hmm. So I I'd love to there's a few things that I, I read up on you, and I think that this asp this part of the show is that let to try, I think, what is the most important principles in a relationship and or conflicts that we could come up with. So I would love to know if we could share certain ways with our listeners and, and uh, people watching is how do you manage an unresolvable conflict in a relationship? <laughs> what, what, um, how is this, you know, if it's unresolvable, how do we resolve it or how do we live with it? Right. So this is something that and really stood out it. when I, yeah, when I read up on on your on your areas of expertise. Okay. So you ready for this? I'm ready. I hope, <laughs> I, I hope listeners, listeners. I are... hope you guys are ready for this. <laughs> In marriage, right? According mm -hmm. to relationship expert John Gottman, and you know he has been doing his research since the world was created. <laughs> He's been doing his research for about forty five years. Okay. Sixty nine percent. 69% of conflict in a marriage is unresolvable. Wow. 
Yeah. Let okay. that sink in for a minute. Okay. 69% of, of conflict in marriage is unresolvable. That means only 31% of the conflict that you will encounter with your dearest husband, with your dearest wife, you will be able to find a resolvable solution for it. But the 69% that's unresolvable, it gets to be managed. Uh, a clear example of an unresolvable conflict can be that I am an extrovert. My husband is an introvert. I like to be outdoors. He likes to be inside. That's not something we're going to resolve. That is our makeup. That's who we are. And we don't need to come into marriage to change each other. We need to come into marriage to accept who we are, but we get to grow and evolve, right? Yes. So what that unresolvable conflict looks like in a space of managing it is you state that you state what it is. Babe, I am an introvert and you are an extrovert. This is how it this is how it, it frustrates me, right? You want to acknowledge that those things are there. What can we do to manage it? And you want to find a way to, I don't want to say balance, because when we think about balance, we think that it has to be evenly distributed, right? Mm -hmm. But you want to find a way to create harmony in that. And when you think about harmony, when you think about the pieces of a song, or even if you think about a dance, you guys are moving, right? But you're doing two separate steps at the same time, but it still creates a harmony in it. And that's what that gets to look like. That gets to look like, so sometimes we would do things that that's on an introvert level. Sometimes we would do things that's on an extrovert level. And what that actually looks like in my marriage, if I know that we're going to be out, my husband always say, babe, we go out, you say we're going to be there for two hours and we end up for four because you're talking. We set the stage for it, babe. Like we did get invited to this Christmas party. I know people are going to be there that I haven't seen in a long time. What is your capacity for the event? That's oh, wow. managing it. I it's not it. going to change the fact that my husband is an introvert or that I'm an extrovert. But babe, what is your capacity for this for this space? If we can't stay four hours, what's realistic to you? Or sometimes he'll say, no, we can do the four hours. But do you mind if I eat before we leave? Because my husband does not like to eat from everybody. Right. <laughs> so, babe, all I need is to make sure that I have some good food. And then while we're there, if you are going to be speaking to your friends, can you come back and check on me? Like maybe every 30 minutes, just make sure I'm good so I'm not sitting there bored. We did not solve the fact that we are two different people, but we are managing in a space that we both can win. That's why I don't do compromise. It's, it's not about compromise. Compromise, somebody winning, somebody losing. We do collaboration. So that's what it gets to look like. It gets to look like you guys come into a medium that creates... Uh, uh, inclusion of both of your ideas. So you ain't solved it. No. But you managed it. I absolutely adore what you just said. And I'm not just saying this, Siobhan, because my <laughs> my wife my wife is is a trained um social worker. Yeah. And uh so I'm she's she's sort of an introvert. I'm yeah. very sociable, very sociable. I love being around friends and family and people. You give me a crowd, you give me a mic, I'll I'll talk forever. Sort of, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's how we're gonna get along, right? So, um, and that's I think we I think I guess Siobhan, why we're still together is because I literally do that. Um, honey, we're going here. What is your Luigi, I'm not in the mood, but I'm going to do it, obviously. Yes. But please, I know how you tend to get. Don't leave me alone. Come check up on me. Exa I, literally, word for word, what you just said. Yeah. So nobody won, nobody lost, but we, we, exactly. made, we made it work. And to go back to the statistic that you said, I was completely taken aback from it. But now that I, in retrospect, now I think about it, I'm not that surprised. Mm -hmm. Because I think... And again, I'd love your input on this, is that the majority of failures of relationships are when you go in it and saying, I'm going to change her. I'm going to yep. change him. You're not going to change no one. Absolutely. It's not going to happen. And Absolutely. if you do, they're going to resent you for it. Yes. And the relationship's yes. not going to happen. Yeah. So it's the same way as I love this. I need to do this podcasting thing. And my wife says, do it. 
you have my support. Just do it. I know how happy it makes you. Absolutely. Yes, it takes away from whatever little time that you have, but I understand that it's important to you. So yes. just do it and I support you. And that's what it's about. That's what it's about. That's why I stress when I work with couples, when I speak, when you hear me speak, I stress the importance of partnership. You cannot walk in marriage without it. Or you'll just you'll 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 walk the marriage into into yeah. a desolate place. Yeah. Where there's no growth. Um, where you guys become I don't even want to say stagnant because you're either growing or dying. There's no in-between. There's no staying still. A plant grows or a plant dies based on how it's nurtured, right? Mm -hmm. And when, when we get to understand partnership, this, this one took me a long time to learn because I just thought as a woman that my way of doing it was superior to his. <laughs> and I, I was very arrogant about what I wanted. I was very, um, I stood very firm on what that wanted, even if that meant that he had to lose. Mm -hmm. And I realized that it put our relationship in a very bad place that I almost thought we wasn't going to come back from. Whereas we, we actually separated for a little while. Right. Okay. But it's, it took an understanding that we get to do this dance together. And even when you think, and I'll, I'll turn my body for a second. Even when you think about dancing with your partner, right. Mm -hmm. You understand that even, let's say, maybe bachata, because that's, mm -hmm. that's just one that's there. You understand that you guys are dancing. While your spouse is going, going forward, you're going back. Even though you guys are not doing the same steps, you're in the same dance together, you make it as beautiful as it is. So it doesn't take away what your spouse brings to a marriage as an asset to what's needed for the marriage to grow. Absolutely. But when we look at it as liabilities, that's when we want to get rid of it. And that lies in us not being able to accept things in our spouse. And if we being honest, I don't know if the viewers are going to like this. I hope that they come back and listen to the next show. The things that we want to change in them is the things that we reject in ourselves. Hmm. Well, we, yeah, that's, I mean, I think that we, we portray on the things that we don't like on ourselves and we portray that amongst uh, on our spouses Absolutely. and where in reality, you're just not satisfied to where you are as an individual. Yeah. So I think that that number one, what we just discussed, unresolvable conflicts, I think is, is, is huge in terms of the importance of making a relationship work. Yeah. The second to me has always been, Another point that you you brought up and I read up on on your on your profile is Siobhan, how do we improve communication efficiency <laughs> and overall satisfaction? Because I, I believe and again, love your input on this is if there's no communication or if there is not proper communication. We all know how mm -hmm. one sentence or one comment can completely derail. A, Come on. A, yeah. So how does a couple believe or how does a couple have or learn to communicate efficiently and overall satisfaction? Okay. So that that's that's a, a multi-layered question, but I'll answer it to the best of my ability with the time that I have, right? Mm -hmm. So you can only communicate to the depth of, of your healing. Okay. You can only communicate to the depth of how healed you are. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, we all have trauma. We all have things. We all have ways about us, right? Unless you know what those triggers are, you cannot get a control on them. You cannot get a grip on what is going on, the way you interpret, we interpret from the way we were raised, the way that we view the world, the way that we view people is just the perception of how we see the world, right? Yes. So very real example, whenever my husband would start yelling, I didn't look at it as, you know, he was just getting angry and he was expressing himself. When I yelled, it was all right. The whole house better sit down now. <laughs> But when he yelled, he wasn't afforded the same space. And for me, it meant that if a man raised his voice, it was about to become abusive. Mm. So I interpret him wanting to express or communicate, right? 
as in some oh shoot something about to go down somebody's about to get beat up because what i saw was male aggression so whenever he would get upset and, and mind you he just raising his voice as much as i'm raising my i'm like you're not gonna yell at me i'm gonna <laughs> yell louder than you my interpretation was that i was in danger okay. my interpretation was that i needed to run that i needed to get out of there and it all goes with communication because you can only hear as far as you are healed. No matter how many times your spouse try to say it to you, if you have an issue with self-confidence and, and my husband says, babe, thank you for making my plate. I'm not sure if you noticed that the food was cold. I will automatically think, so you don't think I did a good job? So it wasn't good enough for you? If I struggle with not being enough. If I'm struggling with my self-worth, everything that your spouse try to communicate with you, because communication don't go bad when we laughing and giggling and watching the movies and having the good sex and showing up at good um, different events, right? Mm -hmm. Communication goes wrong when there is feedback present, because I don't want to hear about myself. Don't tell me what I did to you, because then that means there's something wrong with me. And until you start to heal those things, that's when you become efficient. Then the next part of that would be understanding what words to use, how to communicate, how to communicate clearly, right? So if I felt like my husband didn't um, drop off the laundry, we drop our laundry off every Friday. It is Friday morning and babe, you didn't drop off the laundry today, but it's okay, <laughs> right? It's, it's a matter of understanding timing and understanding what your spouse needs. I'm not going to call my husband right now at work on a Friday morning at 10 o'clock to say, babe, why you didn't drop the laundry off this morning? I get to communicate that in a different way. Hey, babe, do you need any support in this task? It's not that I'm taking away the accountability, but I don't need to throw in his face what he did not do. Yeah. Or I don't even have to say anything about it anyway. If this is what he does every Friday consistently, I don't need to bring it up the one time. But to your point of communication, you have to understand your triggers. You have to understand your spouse triggers. You have to understand timing. Don't talk to me when I'm hungry. Everybody getting it. Don't, yeah. don't feed me first. <laughs> when I'm hungry or when I'm tired. I either need a nap yeah. or I need a taco. Of course. So it I affects think your frame of mind. Yeah. Understanding those things and understanding the season of your marriage. You might be in a space where you might need more affirming. Or your spouse mm. might need more affirming. So I think, Luigi, I said all that to say you have to have a knowing, but that knowing comes when you start to do the work to heal. Conflict has never destroyed a marriage to date. Conflict has never destroyed a marriage. Conflict cannot destroy marriage. Conflict cannot destroy relationships. The way we handle them based on how we communicate them based on how we ask for our needs, based on how we deliver, that's what destroy relationships. So let's let's end off the show on that note. I want you just to repeat, you said something to me that hit me in the face, Siobhan. <laughs> hit me in the face. Oh my God, I, I literally, I, have, I still have shivers. You said, okay, try to, and, and try to say, so we, we don't say certain things because we don't want to see how it makes us feel or how we're making the other spots. If you could just go back to that part and just repeat that part. Which one? Where we don't want to well, hear criticism. We don't want to hear don't feedback. Feedback because then that makes you feel that you, what you did to your spouse. How did you, how did right. you phrase that? We don't want to hear feedback because we interpret it as there's something wrong with us. We, we, we don't look at the circumstance when, when your spouse is bringing something to your attention, it's circumstantial, but when we're not healed, we hear it as character. Hmm. So that's what I'm saying in that. I don't want to hear what I did wrong because that means there's something wrong, wrong with, with me. You. There you go. Not the behavior, but that I'm flawed as a person. Yes. And there. that's that that that's what triggers us. There you, you go. Saying that I'm not good enough. No, I'm just saying that the food was still cold in the middle. Not that you are insufficient. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, that's that's an eye opener, I, I think, for me. And I'm pretty sure anyone watching or listening to this podcast, I really hope that you that part and unresolvable conflict and how to to work around that. I yeah. really hope that. Wow. Those those are just two points that were so eye opening for me. They were they really were. 
Um, Siobhan, I'd like to know, uh, well, first of all, it's gonna, I'm going to put in the show notes where they can get in touch with you. But I'd love to know if you could tell everyone uh, what you offer online, where they could find you. Um, yes, go ahead. Absolutely, absolutely. So I do offer online group coaching services for marriages that are in any state of marriage, unless you are already separated or you guys already filed the paperwork for divorce. Um, I'm I, I, at this time. I do not work specifically um, with that demographic because you already made your mind up. Yeah, I'm, I'm not in a business to convince anybody to fight for their marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. So I do work with purpose-driven couples who know, like, we want to be together. We want to make this marriage work, but we don't have the tools. Or we have the tools, but we don't specifically know where to apply them and how to use them. That specific group is a 12-week coaching program, and then it moves you into a six-month coaching program, the Vow Keeper, where you just, it's it's maintenance of your marriage, understanding how to um, now, I got the tools. Siobhan, you taught me how to use the tools, Mm -hmm. but I want to be able to make sure I can maintain them. And it is a transformational-based system. That's not You're not going to come into the program, I'm going to tell you everything your spouse is doing, but it's meant for you to reflect on who you are as a person and what you bring into your covenantal space. Okay. So... That is what I do. It is it is 100% online. And I offer I also offer in-person retreats and workshops for anybody that is in the tri-state area in New York City. Or I travel. I, tra- I travel to do this work as well. Okay. So um, I support couples in, in getting the tools and keeping the tools and creating a happy, thriving, and successful marriage based on biblical tools, principles, and standards. Excellent. So I will... Um, I will, of course, put your email address, your website, and uh, you could follow Siobhan on Instagram at I am Siobhan uh, Davis and uh, on Facebook at Siobhan Davis LLC. But like I said, yes. it will all be in the show notes uh, and they could, I presume, get in touch with you either through the email or through your website. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can send me a DM, too. If you're like, I need some awesome. help, girl, awesome. send me a DM and I'll be there to support. Siobhan, um, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. This has been great. Uh, I, I think that we put on just just a few tools out there to help uh, marriages and couples. And I really thank you. Uh, I'm definitely going to have you on again. And we're going to go more in depth into this. Um, I'm so Absolutely. happy that I, I came across you. And I'm so happy we did this. And I truly appreciate it. Awesome. Luigi, thank you so much for having me. I do appreciate this. I never counted robbery when I'm able to be on a platform to really spread the word of God through this ministry that he has given me and to just use my life and my marriage as a testimony for couples to understand that there is hope to restore, heal, and repair your marriage today. What a great way to end. What a great way to end the podcast. I love that. Positive messages. (laughs) We need a lot of that today. Thank you. Just Siobhan, stay on. We'll chat offline real quick after. So Thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you have a great day and a nice weekend because today is Friday. And uh, take care, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time.